You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Brothers and sisters, we are not afraid to enter the most holy room. We enter boldly because of the blood of Jesus. His way is new because he lives. It has been opened for us through the curtain. I'm talking about his body. We, have also, we, we also have a great priest over the house of God. So let us come near to God with a sincere heart. Let us come near boldly because of our faith. Our hearts, are, our hearts have been sprinkled, our minds have been cleansed from a sense of guilt. Our bodies have been washed pure with water. Let us hold firmly to hope we claim to have. The God who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. And us not give up meeting together. Some are some are in habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more as you see Christ's return approaching. Well, good afternoon. We are always delighted to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to share with us this, this day. Uh, the title of my message today is The Challenge of Entering his presence. I'd like to begin by telling you a story. One time, a pastor asked his congregation, does anyone know Psalms 23? So there was one young lad, he came up and said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul, he leads me in paths of righteousness, for his namesake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And everyone applauded, everyone cheered for this young boy, because he knew his Psalms 23. Then the pastor asked, is there anyone else? Who knows Psalms 23 and then there was an elderly person she comes up and he said the Lord is my shepherd and she begins to cry and there was an utter silence in the hall so this young boy got puzzled and he said when I said Psalms 23 everyone cheered and applauded and everyone made a big noise about it but when this elderly person said Psalms 23, everyone was quiet and everyone was, seems like crying. He, he didn't know what to say. So after the service, this young boy went to this elderly person. He said, could you please tell me, when, you, when I said Psalms 23, everyone was cheering and applauding. But when you said Psalms 23, there was an utter silence. And this is what she said. She said, son, you know Psalms 23, but I know the shepherd. He said, son, you know Psalms 23, but I know the shepherd. You see, Peter tells us that concerning life and godliness is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? And Psalms chapter 9, verses 10, he says, 
those who know his name and will put their trust in him. You see, I know him, therefore I trust him. You see, faith comes from an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I know Christ, that's why I trust him. Faith does not come by seeing a miracle. Of course, the miracle tells us the goodness of God, the attributes of God, the nature of God. But faith does not come by seeing a miracle. You see, in Acts chapter 13, verse 27 and 28, for those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which they read every Sabbath, have fulfilled in condemning him. What it tells us is this, that every Saturday, the Hebrews heard the scriptures. They read the scriptures. But they did not know him. And they end up condemning him. You see, what this passage tells us is this. We can read the scriptures, yet we do not know him. You see, when we ask the same question today, if Jesus was here physically, present, what would you ask him to do for us? Maybe some of us might say, Jesus, would you show me how you turn the water into wine? Or Jesus, would you show me how you heal the blind and uh, heal the lame, how you raise the dead, but not so with the disciples. When we ask the disciples, when we look at the disciples, we see a different story. The disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? They didn't ask Jesus, Jesus, would you, would you show us how you turn the water into wine, how you raise the dead? But they asked him this simple question, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? You see, Jesus' miracles happened. Either he was going to a prayer meeting or he was coming out from a prayer meeting. He never had problems with demons. You know, the demons opened up their mouth, Jesus just shut up and get lost. But he had problems with religious leaders. He always had problems with religious leaders. He had problems with intellectual mind. You see, religion has brought us all kinds of rules and regulations. When a religious person thinks that he's following these certain types of rules and regulations, it's okay. You know, like the, like the Pharisees, they, were, they, they followed certain types of rules and regulations. They had a sense of pride because they were, they were feeling godly. And that's what made them hate others. And they look, look to other peoples and they compare themselves. They say, they're, they're not like us. But when we see rules and regulations, that doesn't make us know God more. But it is a pure act of grace. Our humbling experience, when we come to know who Jesus is, so what am I trying to say to us this morning? The challenge of entering his presence. Why is it so difficult for Christians to enter his presence? 
Maybe I could simplify it in a, in a gentle way. Why is it so difficult for Christians to pray? Amen? I remember one time as I was serving the Lord in Papua New Guinea, after I was running the, I was staff of World Missions Faith Training School, very busy doing the work. You remember my previous experience, my story that I talked about, you know, giving myself into prayer and every time it was prayer in, prayer out, and here I'm given opportunity to serve the Lord now. I was basically one of the most busiest person, I would say, running three schools during the year. You know, we had uh, missionary seminars happening, uh, running outreach churches, prison ministries, whole lot of things. I was so busy. I go to office about 8 o'clock. By the time I come home, it's about 10 o'clock at night. Can you imagine happening Sunday to Sunday for three years without having a break? That was happening for missionary. And here, when Pastor Barry is in Edward Bosby, so he takes missions classes, mission session in the morning from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. So it was one of those mornings that he came and lectured that morning, and he began reading this Psalms, Songs of Solomon. And this is what he said I am dark and lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tent of Cheddar, like the curtains of Solomon, do not look upon me because I am dark, because the sun has tent me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept. And then he began to say like this, he says, I'm dark and lovely, like the curtains of Cheddar, like the, I mean, like the tent of Cheddar and the curtains of Solomon. He says that in Christ, we are like the curtains of Solomon. In Christ, we have an inheritance. In Christ, we are in heavenly places. In Christ, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are blessed, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And it also says, I'm dark like the tent of Cheddar. What is the tent of Cheddar? These are nomadic people, the people from Cheddar. And they make their tents out of goat skin. And it's dark. And it's ugly. He said, he said in Christ, we are like the curtains of Solomon. But if you look inside, we are like the tent of Cheddar. You know, growing up, back home, killing goat every Christmas is, we always do that even when we were Hindus. So my, my dad is not a good musician, I mean not a very big musician, but he, every time we kill the goat, he will take the skin and he will try and try and work it out something so that he can use that skin to make it in an instrument, you know, that like a kundu or like a drum, you know, you beat. It's made out of goat skin. And sometimes he would forget and it would be, uh, be sitting on the corrugated iron and then it becomes very dark and, uh, you know, 
It's not good, it's not, not any, any useful. And that's when I remembered. And as he was talking maybe for the first five minutes, I began to cry sitting down with other fellow students. Can you imagine crying? The entire sermon, heads bowed, and he's talking and talking and talking. All throughout his sermon, tears kept going down and going down until he left the classroom and he was gone, and I was still crying. And this has been one of those experiences, one of those moments for me, where I literally saw what it means. You know, once upon a time I was so, you know, honoring the presence of God. Everything I did was starting in the presence of God, ending in the presence of God. Here when I was given a responsibility, a, a, a task to do, and I neglected the very most important thing was to enter into the presence of God. I was so very busy taking care of so many other things, but I neglected the most important thing. And that's when he said, he said, I know you look lovely like the curtains of Solomon, but you also like so ugly like the tent of Cheddar. And I remembered the goat skin back home, dark, ugly, inside. And I began to cry. And I said, this is what I'm looking like from the inside. If somebody were to see me, in outside I'm flourishing. I'm the most busiest man running around. But inside, this is so dark, this is so ugly, and this is what he said. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me walk in, my my, in the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have neglected. I have been very busy running around. But my own vineyard I have not kept. You see, entering the presence of God is the most challenging aspect of a Christian, I believe, in this 21st century, because of the busyness of the world that we are living in. Amen. Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25, he said, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter, where? The holiest, not the outer court, not the inner court, not the holy place, but the holiest, he says. Having the boldness to enter into the most holy place. What happens in the holy place? You know, the, in the holy place is a special residence of God. It's a scene of a holy service. It's a residence of the holiest being. From this place, those blessings are communicated that make us holy. Amen? You know, Bible tells us, have the, let us be bold. Bold means, to like, it's like having the freedom of speech. Amen? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and the living way. I know sometimes we know this. I mean, we know it. But the challenge is, you see, faith comes by not parroting, but it is about knowing. It is knowing that is going to lead us to trust him. It's when we trust him, 
When we know him, that's when we enter into his presence. It's, it's like my children, if you tell them to pray for the food, you say, thank you, Lord, for the food. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> it's like parroting. It's, like, it's not like knowing. It's not like knowing the depth of it. It's in mommy and daddy's been working so hard during the week. If you have seen the sight of it, you would know and you say, Lord, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you for the hard work they put in. It comes with deep gratitude, a deep will knowing and appreciation. It's not like parenting say, thank you, Lord, for the food in Jesus' name. Amen. As it. Amen. It's like entering into his parents. You know, Bible tells us in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16, for indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things pertaining, he had to make be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered and tempted, is able to help those who are tempted. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, he says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was, point, was at all point tempted as we are without sin. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Amen. Hallelujah. You see the blessing that believers have, have because of Christ. Once and for all death. Because we have a perfect standing in Christ. We can come boldly into his presence. No veil can stand now between us and God. The tabernacle veil symbolizes of Christ's human body. For it was covered, for it, for it covered the glory of God. When his body was offered, the veil is torn. We have a new way of entering in on the new covenant. We have a new way of life because of the living high priest. The house of God has a great high priest. Amen. And then it tells us, let us draw near with a true heart, a full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled with, from evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast unto our confession. Let us consider one another. You know, there are three letter statements here. Let us draw near instead of drifting away. Let us hold fast to our confession of faith and hope, not wavering because of trials. Let us consider one another. Amen? Hallelujah. If we provoke one another, let it should be in love. Amen. Hallelujah. So what I'm trying to encourage to us today is this. The challenge of entering into his presence. One of the difficult tasks we have is to enter his presence. Is to be in his presence. You know, sometimes when I think of Martha and Mary, I think, I think Martha did a good job, you know, taking care of Jesus. But I missed out that when Jesus is there, he is our priority. You know, most of our world's problem can be solved if we knew our priority. If worship comes before work, if that could be our priority, 
you know, life can become so much easier. You know, I believe the challenge of entering his presence is because of lack of knowledge we have about God. And it is my desire that we know him better, know him better, and love him more every day. So the presence, entering his presence, is not going to be a challenging thing. It's going to be a joyful thing. It's like the moment you're quoting someone. You know, you are young, you are vibrant, you are passionate. You knew that you were going to meet this person. You know, there was a preparedness of mind. There was a preparedness of heart. There was a whole night thinking what I'm going to talk about him. You know, there was a presentation in the preparation, in the way you presented yourself. You don't cut grass and show up in front of her and say, okay, I'm here to meet you. You know, you smelly and all that. There was a preparedness to enter into a communion. There was a passionate desire, longingness to be in the presence of God. In, in the presence of the person that you loved. You know? And I, I, I believe that that can be the desire for us. The moment we come into the presence of God. It can become a longing desire. I know sometimes our spirit is willing, but our body is so weak. But just like what Pastor Barry once encouraged us today. He said, you are dark like the tent of Cheddar. You know, maybe from the outside you may be looking flourishing, but inside is deep, ugly-looking person who is like the tent of Cheddar, who is basically of no value. And that hit, hit me hard. That hit me really hard. I believe what God is more interested than what we do for God is being that person that God desires. Being that person, a person that God can pour his spirit Amen. So with those words, I would like to conclude. Amen. Let us go home and ponder on it. Maybe when a moment we get so busy with work, in our busyness of world, we can make some time for God. Thank you so much and God bless you all. Hey, that's good. And I, and I think that that strikes a chord with... Um, well, I suspect all of us. Uh, I often think in relation to Psalm 23, I often think I'd rather go willingly when the Lord leads me beside quiet, still waters than having to have him make me lie down in green pastures. You see the difference there? Yeah, sometimes I think, God, you know, if we don't listen, if we don't take those steps to, to follow him into those, those, those quiet times of just being in his presence, something will probably happen in our life that kind of forces us to have those times quiet and still in his presence. Um, I actually um, have written in the front of my, my diary this year, aware of how incredibly busy my year looks. Um, this is a quote from Martin Luther. I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. And uh, that's, I thought, a, a good reminder, isn't it? Prayer is always, always our priority. All right, I might pray, pray, pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray that we would take home that, um, that, uh, that truth that we have heard this afternoon, this truth, this nugget of gold that has been gifted to us, this encouragement to um, stop and, and, and enjoy your presence, Lord, to not let ourselves become uh, busy or distracted, 
or lacking in, in um, focus, but to, to stop, to draw aside, to spend time knowing the shepherd. Lord, we know that um, really ev- anything we do is of no worth if it's just done out of our own, um, our own haste, our own energy, our own um, sense of trying to accomplish and achieve things. But Lord, we want to we do things out of uh, a living, uh, loving relationship with you. We want to do things because we're empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit and that, you know, we just want to let you, your living water, run through us and to touch this world. So, Father, I pray that um, you would just, um, yeah, just quicken our hearts, quicken our minds, um, cause us to just stop and to prioritise you and our, and our fellowship and our relationship with you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, everyone. Well, let's go and enjoy a lovely cold cup of water, I think might be <laughs> quite in order.